Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Wednesday morning, like every morning, when I go to work, I turn my computer on and I have a program that sends me a Bible verse every day. So the first thing I saw on Wednesday morning was Psalm 118.8. It said, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen. And I thought that was not a coincidence. Amen. That verse Man. And I don't know if you're aware, but there's a little trivia fact about that verse, too. That if you open your Bible and you to the very middle, and there's so many verses before, and there's so many verses after, the very middle verse of the Bible is that verse. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we need to keep central in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you so much. This, I appreciate that. I, we do need to remember to always trust in God. Don't put our faith in man. You know, uh, we're going to be looking this morning in Acts chapter 26, and we're going to do things just a little bit different this morning. So many times everyone just can sit there and just listen. But uh, I'd like, I've asked several folks, they're going to be passing you out a page. I guess, through, uh, y'all go ahead and start passing out right now. Uh, everyone should get a sheet of, uh, sheet of paper. It's got some things on it. You know, so many times, I guess, as you were growing up, uh, and if you don't have a pen, um, they uh, have pens as well. Just kind of nod to them or whatever, and they'll give you uh, give you a pen. If you don't have a pen or, or a writing utensil, pen or a piece of paper, and uh, which if you're listening on the Internet, you can just get you a pen and a piece of paper and uh, uh, participate along with us as well. We're, well, we do have a PDF out there, but it's on the Google Drive. It's not on the on the website. But uh, anyway, let's. Uh, but uh, as they are passing that, as they are passing those pages and stuff, I guess when you was growing up, when you was real real young, you uh, it, like your parents gave you something to draw on to keep you quiet in church. Then after you got a little bit older, then they whooped you for writing notes and stuff in church. But anyway, we're not going to be writing notes. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be uh, writing some stuff down. Uh, but let's look. Uh, and do we need more? Anybody else need a, a pen? Bam has, uh, uh, we have more pens. Uh, so let's, uh, let's look. Uh, don't forget Jerry. Uh, don't forget Jerry. Uh, so let's uh, look in Acts chapter number 26. And so after they passed out everybody the testimony sheet, and, uh, last week we looked in Acts chapter 24. And as we looked in Acts chapter 24, we were uh, we looked at the thought there uh, is, uh, are you waiting on a convenient time? Are you waiting on a convenient time? Uh, it was the thought. And you know, as we looked, we saw that Felix told Paul, as Paul shared the gospel with him, 
he, he told Paul, he said, Paul, come back at a more convenient time. And too many times, I think, in our life, we tell that to, to God, don't we? You know, God, it's not convenient to serve you right now. God, it's not convenient to trust you right now. Come back later. And we, uh, we saw that that was Felix's answer. And I trust that that would not be our continued answer. That we would serve God, we'd live for God uh, in our life every day. You know, at the very end of chapter, uh, and really you can see that in uh, chapter 24, beginning with verse like 24 and 25. But then after that, the very end of chapter 24, we see that Felix left his post as governor and Festus took over as governor. And then in chapter 25, actually we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 25 tonight in our evening service at 6 o'clock. But I just want to share just a few of the highlights with you of what happened in Acts 25. And we're going to look at several, a lot more uh, this evening. But uh, in Acts chapter 25, we first see that Festus, you know, Paul was being held in Caesarea. Well, Festus goes down to Jerusalem, and when he's at Jerusalem, he meets with the rulers of the Jews, and they say, hey, bring Paul back down here to Jerusalem, and let's have a trial on the charges we brought against Paul. He's already went to trial a couple of times. He's already been declared really innocent, but they just never let him go. And so here they uh, are, are the, the people that was hearing the hearing realized that he was innocent, but they never let him go. Festus, he, uh, the rulers of the Jews, they were saying bring him back down to Jerusalem because they had a plan. When Paul shows back up in Jerusalem, we'll kill him. But Festus says, well, you come to Caesarea and I'll hear what Paul has to say. Paul hears, Festus hears what Paul has to say. And during the, during the trial, he realizes that there's nothing that Paul has done wrong but he wants to make the rulers of Jerusalem happy. And so the rulers of the Jews happy in Jerusalem. So he asked Paul, he said, wouldn't you be willing to go back to Jerusalem and stand trial? And Paul said, I want to go and stand before Caesar. And so Paul appeals to go to Caesar with a, uh, him being a Roman citizen. He could appeal his case to Caesar. And so at this point, Festus just kind of dismisses, he realizes that there's no real charges to bring against Paul. And so it would be bad for Festus to send Paul to Caesar and Caesar sitting here thinking, why is this guy here? And Festus in the letter say, I sent him to you to be tried, but I ain't found nothing wrong with him. I mean, you know, if you was Caesar, what would you have, you know, Augustus might have come back and said, I don't need this guy governor, you know. Uh, but, so King Agrippa comes, who was actually a Jewish king. He was he was of the tribe of Herod. He would be Agrippa Herod, the family of Herod, that we saw several times. Actually, his daddy was the uh, Herod that we saw back in uh, chapter 12 that ends up getting eat up by worms because he was given, taking all the glory himself instead of giving glory to what God had done. We see here Agrippa comes to welcome the new governor. You know, isn't that what politicians do? They, you know, come and they 
welcome each other. He had Bernice with him, who was his sister. And Festus says, Agrippa, what are we going to do? Let me tell you about this fellow Paul and what do I need to say to Caesar Augustus? Or Augustus Caesar. And Agrippa said, well, I'd like to hear from him myself. And so that brings us to chapter 26, uh, where we're at. And Paul is going to begin to testify and talk and speak before King Agrippa uh, and Festus. But let's all start, uh, let's all stand and let's read uh, Acts chapter 26. We'll read the first three verses and then preach through the rest of the chapter. But there in Acts chapter 26, the Bible says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, God, that we can look in your word today. Lord, I just pray today, God, as we look at the testimony of Paul, God, that you would work in each of our lives, God. First, Lord, those who trust in Christ, God, to show us that we have a testimony. God, that we need to be sharing. God, even as we go through the testimony of Paul, Lord, I pray that you'd work in those lives, God, for people who do not know you as their Savior. God, that you would show them today, Lord, they need to be persuaded that you are the Christ, the Savior of the world. Lord, I pray for your... Lord, I just pray for your unction. Lord, I pray, Lord, for your wisdom. God, I pray for, for your strength to preach your word. God, I pray you receive all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. When we see Paul, he starts out with this uh, giving King Agrippa a compliment. Agrippa, as I said, he was a Jewish king, so he didn't know about Jews, uh, Jewish customs and Jewish things. And Paul is going to speak to him from that standpoint. He's going to begin speaking to him with, uh, as far as what's happening with the Jews. But as we see, or, or from a Jewish slant there, you know, as we see, Paul knew what King Agrippa's background was. He knew what his views was. And so he wanted to speak to him at, at, and meet him at that point. You know, Paul begins his defense then from there. So he, uh, and if you'll notice, Paul said, Agrippa, be patient and listen to everything I have to say. You know what Paul was, called, was kind of saying right there? Agrippa, it's going to take me a little bit to tell you what's going on. But just be patient and wait till I finish. And so as we see verse number four, Paul begins his defense. And in, in, in manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at 
uh, at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest set of our religion, I live the Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God, night and day, hope to obtain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Let's look at what's happened here with Paul. He first begins talking about his life, and he begins talking about the charges, and then Paul takes and turns the whole conversation. And from here on out, you know what Paul is going to be talking about? He's not going to be talking about his life. He's going to be talking about Jesus is what he's going to do. And you know, for us in our life, Paul, well, first off, Paul took the opportunity, or you may could even say he created the opportunity to share his testimony and share what Jesus had done for him. And I wonder in our life, how many times do we purposely in our life, if we're, as we're talking to someone, as, we, as we're going through our day-to-day, -day, we can be talking and purposely turn the conversation toward Jesus. You know, that's how we should be living our life if we have a testimony. Yes, Tom, the weather is nice outside. Let me tell you about the God that created the weather. You know? You know, for so many, there's... You can, if you look for an opportunity, you can find opportunities to share the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing in our life. From here on out, Paul really begins to share his testimony of what Jesus has done in his life. I remember back a number of years ago, it was at least four or five years ago when I was in college at Georgia Tech. <laughs> Uh, maybe six, maybe seven. I don't know. You know, yeah. But as I remember, there was a young lady that I knew there, and she would even talk about with her friends and other Christian friends. Yeah, I've got this person I've been talking to, and next week what I'm going to say to them is this, and then I'm going to talk to them about this. She would pre-plan. That's it. I mean, she'd plan how she would turn the conversation with Jesus. You know what? That's what we need to be doing, right? You know, yeah, that person at work's having a tough time. And you know, if I begin talking about this, and then I can turn the conversation to Jesus. I wonder if Paul had pre-planned what he was going to say. But here he turned the conversation to get to Jesus. He began to share the gospel. What is the gospel? You know, the gospel is that Jesus came and died for our sins, Amen. right? As the Bible says, according to the scriptures, he was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures. That's what the gospel is. We can be forgiven our sin because the price that Christ paid on the cross, because he rose victorious over death. But let's look. You know, as we first take our sheet, and the very first, there is a, it says, blank testimony. You know what you need to write at that very top blank? You need to write your name. 
That's what you need to do, right? Because we're going to be looking through the Bible in Paul at Paul's testimony. But right now, what we're going to do in your on your sheet is I don't want you to write about Paul's testimony. I want you to write about your testimony, right? But let's look Paul's testimony. You know, we can first see Paul's chronicle. Paul is going to tell about his life before Jesus Christ. Before Christ. In verse number 9, Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. You know what Paul did? He began to tell, really, of his life before Jesus. He talked about his sin. You know, right out there beside uh, the, the next point down, number one, go ahead and write down your name, your chronicle, right? You know, Tom's chronicle. And out beside that chronicle, write down sin. What was your sin? And you know, for us, we'll never come to Jesus before you first realize that you're a sinner. That you have sin in your life. And let's just take a minute or two right now and just write out a few, a few sentences there. Where was your life before you came to Christ? What sin did you have in your life? What was it that you realized that you were a sinner? Some You may say, well, I was young. You know what? You may have been young, but you still had to realize that you had sin in your life, that you were in need of a Savior. And one thing I'll go ahead and tell you as far as testimony, too many times people write out their testimony or they will share their testimony and for an hour and 15 minutes they'll talk about all the sin they had in their life. And they'll talk about everything they did wrong almost to the point that they're bragging on Satan for how much he had done in their life or bragging on their own sin. You know, Paul, he could have shared that, but the only thing he really wanted to share was he wanted to share, really, that he realized he was in sin, that he was doing wrong. And you know, today, I'd like you to just take a minute, write down things in your life where you realized that you were sinning. You realized, what was your life before you trusted Christ as your Savior? What, what was your problems? What was... What was it that you, what sin did you realize that you had in your life? You know, even as I was young, I knew that there was sin in my life. When you look at the holiness of God and where you're at, if I compare myself to Brian, I might think I'm a pretty good fellow. But when I compare myself to God, I realize how far, how far short I fall. We know as we continue, 
in the chapter, in verse 12, Paul, first, he was, we see Paul's chronicle. He told of his life before Christ. But next, we'll see Paul's conversion. Beginning with verse number 12. Bible says, While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You know, as we begin to see Saul or Paul's conversion, we see that Jesus came and spoke to him. And when he said it's hard to kick against the goads, what that was, was they had sticks they would put behind a donkey that was pulling something so that when they'd kick, they'd get stuck, right? And Paul, Jesus was telling Paul, he said, Paul, it's tough to kick against me. You're trying to do everything you can to fight against, against the gospel in Christ. He said, it's tough. And he said, who am I? Who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. I'm the Lord. You know, as you go back to your sheet, it's right there on number two. Write down your name. In your conversion, what was it that brought you to Jesus? What were the events around your life, that's surrounding your life, that got you to the point of conversion? You know, I remember in my life, we had moved. Y'all writing, I'll talk, right? I mean, y'all, I remember we had moved from downtown Dalton to kind of out in the county. And there was a, we moved up within several miles of this church. Poplar Springs Baptist Church. Still there. Oldest church in Whitfield County. But at that time, God was doing great things. And, and people were reaching out and trying to reach others for the gospel. And as we had moved new into the into that within four or five miles of that church it wasn't long somebody came and visited us from that church invited us to church and they came back several times and my parents we ended up starting going to that church and as we started going I realized in my life I was in the between the fourth and fifth grade of summer uh, some, uh, summer between the 4th and 5th grade, I realized that, you know, if I died because of my sins, I would go to hell. And vacation Bible school that summer, the Sunday night of vacation Bible school, kind of commencement, the gospel was shared. And I realized I was convicted by God. <coughs> that I needed to trust him as my son. And I made that decision to trust Christ. 
What happened in your life? What drew you to Jesus for you to make that decision that I'm going to trust Jesus as my Savior? What, what happened in your life that made that change? Paul shared what happened in his life. You know, it may have been a traumatic event like what happened in Paul. Maybe something, something big happened in your life. Or it may have been something small just through attending a church service. You come to the point where you realize that you're lost. Maybe attending a one and memorizing scripture, you realize that you need a Savior. But not only do we first see Paul's chronicle, his life, he told his story, told about his sin. And out there beside the uh, your Paul's conversion, if you want to, out beside these things, which you have seen, and of the things which I will yet reveal to you, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith among, uh, Faith in me. I wish we had time. Paul was quoting out of Isaiah, but let's keep going. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that, uh, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons the Jewish Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and will proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. You know what Paul did then? He began to declare what Jesus had did in his life after he trusted Christ. And you know, there as we look at Paul's commission, we can, out beside Paul's commission on your sheet, write your name, what's Jesus done for you since you've trusted Christ? What has, how has God worked in your life since you've trusted Christ? And you know, one, you might say, well, God's not done anything in my life since I've trusted Christ. You know what I would almost question? Have you trusted Christ? Right? You know, Paul, we can see there not only the commission, the first we saw his sin, then we saw his salvation. And here on that third thing out beside the commission, your commission, right out there, spirit working. Right? The Holy Spirit working in the life of Paul. And in our life, the Holy Spirit should be working in our life. You know, and one thing that you'll realize on the sheet there, I gave you about four lines to write where you was at in your sin, and about four lines to write what, you, what brought you to Christ, and I gave you about eight lines to write what God's doing in your life since you trusted Christ. And you know, unless you trusted Christ within just the last day or two, you ought to have more to say about what God's done in your life since you trusted Christ than what 
what was happening in your life before you trusted Christ or what brought you to Christ, right? Because God should be working in your life every day. And you know, let me ask this. Can you list things down of what God's doing in your life even today? You know, it bothers me. It concerns me at times when someone can tell what God's done in their life 30 or 40 years ago and can't tell what God's done in their life last week. You know what really we can go ahead and say about that person? That person must be far from God, right? Must be needing to get back to God. But here, what's Jesus done in your life? Here we see Paul share and say, this is what God's called me to do. What's God called you to do? There's plenty to be done. What's God calling you to do? And then he goes on and he shares with them, this is what God's called me to do. And this is what I went ahead and did what God called me to do. And let me tell you what God's done in my life as a result of what he's commissioned me to do, what he's called me to do, what he, the Spirit has led me to do. In your life, what have you, what have you got? You know, there, as we look, that is Paul's testimony. What you have in your hand before you is your testimony. That's what God's doing in your life. And we can see that that's what, that's what we need to be sharing with others. What Christ is doing, what Christ has done, what Christ is doing in our life. You know, the one thing that we need to see is just because you share your testimony, not everyone will believe and trust Christ. You know what Festus did? If we look and continue in the passage, and we'll see this in our lives, if we share the gospel, some people will get defensive and get mad. Verse number 24. Now! As he does make the defense, right? I had to get y'all, you know, to bring us back up, wake us all up, right? Get us back where we need to be, right? Now as we make the defense, Festus said, why to say, why to do it like Festus said with a loud voice, and that's what the Bible said, I just, I just preached about With a loud voice, maybe I should wait until like this. Paul said, Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning has driven you mad. You know what Festus said? Uh, really in the Hebrews, you've turned your head, you have, you went crazy, you've learned so much, you're crazy. That's where you're at. You know what Paul did? Paul got mad and cussed him out and said, go on to hell then. No, that's not what Paul said. <laughs> and you know, for us, no matter what someone says to us, look at what Paul's response was. It was gracious. What did he do? The Bible says, but he said, Paul said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. He even gave Festus a compliment. He paid him honor that he deserved as a 
as a governor. He said, no, I'm not mad. I'm not crazy, Festus. He said, but speak the words of truth and reason. But you know what Paul did? He didn't get in an argument with Festus over whether he was crazy or not. And too many times as we begin sharing our testimony, it's too easy for somebody to bring up something that's totally irrelevant and us to try to get in an argument with them about that point instead of staying focused on Christ. You know, people a lot of times will get in arguments. I mean, they'll, they'll get you sidetracked on all sorts of things. Well, who was Cain's wife then? Well, what does it matter? Let's go back to what Jesus said. You know, I sharing the gospel with someone back a, about a, a, a month or so ago was sharing with this one fellow. This other girl was there and she said, yeah, but you know, I can't get it where these people say that the earth was created in seven days. And it, you know what I did? I just went ahead and I just said, I said, well, I believe the earth was created in seven days. A lot of things we see today is a result of the flood. But let me, let's get back to where we're at, right? right. That's where Paul, what Paul did. We don't need to run around it. We need to stay focused on sharing what Christ has done. The Bible goes on, he says, that we can see the conclusion, Paul's conclusion, for the king will, uh, before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. You know what Paul came back? He said, Agrippa, I know you realize all this stuff I've told you about, it wasn't done in secret. I know that you realize all this has happened. And King Agrippa, I know you believe the prophets. You know what Paul was doing? He was bringing things down to the point where Agrippa had to make a decision. Too many times we share, but we never bring things to the point where someone has to make a decision. And you know, today, I'd say, if you're here today, I would think everyone here would say, yes, I believe in God. That's what Paul told Agrippa. Agrippa, I know you believe the prophets. I know you realize what I've told you is true. I know everyone here today believes God, believes in God. But let me ask this question. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Do you have a testimony? Have you been persuaded that Jesus is the Christ? You know what Agrippa's answer was? Agrippa told Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Goodness, what sad words. You know, you may be here today. You may say, David, if I, if I, as, as we've been writing these things out, I realize 
there's never been a time in my life where I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. God's not working in my life because I've never put my faith and my trust in Jesus. And David, almost you persuade me. You almost persuade me. I'm sure Griffith, if he went on, he would say, but what would all the Jewish people think? Some of you may be thinking, what would everybody else think? If I take that step and follow Jesus. You know, for us today, if Agrippa never followed Christ through the rest of his life, but I, I don't know. I think he ended up dying a horrible death, probably never followed Christ. I would imagine that he's in hell today thinking I was almost persuaded. I wish I'd have went ahead. Almost make that decision. You know what Paul did after that? He came back and we seen the heart of Paul. Paul said, I'll get to God that you, Agrippa, and everyone here that can hear was just like me except not having chains. He said, Griffin, I wish you were just like me. I wish you were convinced that Jesus was the Christ. I wish you were sold out to serve him just like me. You know, Griffin probably had sin in his life. He didn't want to turn loose to him. Bernice was his sister. Through history, they say they had an incestuous relationship. You know, today, it's my desire that you know Christ. If we look through the rest of the chapter, we see that Agrippa and Festus say there's no reason he should be compelled. He's appealed to Caesar and we're going to have to see him there. But just like as the Holy Spirit had told Paul earlier, you're going to be a witness to me in Rome. You know, today, really there's two questions for each of us. The first question is, have you been persuaded? You come to in your life where you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you have been persuaded, the second question is, are you persuading others? And really, I have two challenges this morning. The first is if you've never trusted Christ, we're going to have a time of prayer and then we'll sing and the invitation the altar will be open. If you'd like to trust Jesus as your Savior, I'd ask you to come down and we'll pray with you. You can make that decision. If 
you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, I would challenge you that this week you share your testimony with somebody. Man. Really share it with somebody that does not know Jesus. I would challenge you this week that you share your testimony with somebody. Maybe you just want to come pray and say, God, I want to make that commitment. And God, I want to some strength. I need courage. Because I tell you what, it's easy to do the cowardly thing, isn't it? Right? It's tough to do the courageous thing. Let's have a time of prayer. If you've never trusted Christ, I'd ask you to make that decision today. If you have, I ask that you make a commitment to share your testimony with someone this week. Lord, I just pray. Lord, that you would work in this place today. God, I pray that today, Lord, if there's someone that does not know you, that today would be the day that's trusted as their Savior. God, I pray that each one of us, Lord, God, I will make that commitment. God, that this week I'll share my testimony with someone. Lord, I think you've already laid on my heart who I need to share my testimony with. God, I pray you give me courage. God, I pray you give me strength. Lord, I already begin preparing this person's heart. God, I pray each Christian in this room, God, that they'd be willing to make that commitment. God, lay someone on their heart right now. Again, Lord, if there's someone that does not know you here today, you can encourage to make that decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.